Inspiring Wellbeing, a limited podcast series with Maximilian. Hi everyone and welcome. Today I'll be talking with Ryan Mintz, a polymath, and we'll be talking about um, 5G. So it's a very relevant topic um, in terms of what we are experiencing in the world right now with this um, technological technological advancement that's being rolled out and um, the risks that are involved. There is a lot of information out there already. Um, a lot of the information is also creating a lot of fear and concerns in people, not just for ourselves, but the, more so for, for our children and um, people that are more vulnerable more susceptible and um, in that regard I'm really really excited to be talking to Ryan about this today um, to emphasize that it's not not just all bad and there's a lot that we can do and what we can do to actually learn to live with this and adapt. Hi! Hey Max, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm this thing, I'm a little bit too close to my camera. <laughs> Back up a little bit. All right, there we go. That's a bit better. Connect with you. Uh, yeah, this is. Uh, oops, let me make sure my volume is in the right place so I can actually hear everybody. Can you guys? Can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah, you're coming through perfectly. All right, good deal. Good deal. Yeah, it's such a it's such a pleasure to finally meet you, even though it's just virtually. Yeah, for sure. I was just saying to people how excited I am to be talking about this topic today. And I, I think the approach that we'll be taking with this is 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 something that's that's fairly unique, at least what I've um, come across because when people are talking about like, at the moment there's a lot of activity and a lot of concern and a lot of fear that usually comes with this topic. And, um, you know, in that regard, I'm really grateful that I have the opportunity to be talking to you about this today and actually shift that approach to towards well, what we can do um, to adapt and, um, yeah, learn to, to, to live with it. Absolutely. Um, and there's... It's interesting to look at some of those things that are going on right now, just because it's really easy for uh, the mainstream media to put an oversaturation of information out there, knowing that an oversaturation of information is is a way to install fear in people. And that fear opens up channels within our physiology to um, get us to react to things and, and get us to be controlled by things that we may otherwise not be controlled by. Um, if we had a little bit more information about it. So um, I'll talk about a couple of different layers of things to kind of bridge the gap between where pe what people might know already and um, kind of where I'm at now and how I look at it. Um, so kind of zooming out a little bit. So 5G, uh, everybody's familiar with the term EMF, um, electromagnetic field. Um, and electromagnetic field, there's a lot of different types of EMF. And EMF is carried at many different frequencies. So sunlight is a form of EMF. 
the magnetic field generated by the planet is a form of EMF. All of these are different types of EMF. So EMF itself is not the problem um, necessarily. Uh, all that is is information. So all of those different frequencies have an energy component to them and they have a frequency component to them. And we want to understand how our bodies interact with the energy component. We want to understand how our bodies interact with the frequency component of each of those aspects. And so, so there's a couple of layers of things here. So when we look at 5G, when we look at Wi-Fi, one of the major reasons that non-native EMF and, uh, is, is damaging to our physiology, and when I say non-native EMF, I'm basically talking about EMF that doesn't come from the sun, that doesn't come from the earth. It is an, a man-made synthetic electromagnetic field that has an electrical field component to it. So when you look at a magnetic field, it has a, it has a wave propagation at a certain frequency. Um, and when you look at non-native EMF, it also happens to have a, an electrical field component. And that electrical field component is perpendicular to the magnetic field. And I'll get to why that's important in a second. So zooming back and looking at our physiology, our cells use light to communicate. So different spectrums of light are going to cause a warping on the tension of the cell membrane. And based on that warping, it tells the, basically the mitochondrial DNA what hormones, proteins, and enzymes to produce at different times of day. The way that actually happens has to do with the water around our cells. So around each of our cells, we have what's called an exclusion zone of water. And that exclusion zone is basically a very thin layer of water that's around every single cell, uh, is within every single cell in our body, hopefully, uh, unless we have other issues, and I can get into those in a second. Um, and that exclusion zone is made up of hydrogen and oxygen, or water. Water is a diamagnetic molecule. So it has uh, hydrogen is positive, oxygen is negative. So when you have a diamagnetic molecule that is exposed to a magnetic field, that diamagnetic molecule orients to that magnetic field. And that's a really important thing to realize. So when we have magnetic fields, we have, we have something that's always orienting the different water molecules in our body. The orientation by itself doesn't mean a whole lot. There's another component to it. So we also have a frequency component. So when we have sunlight, we have EMF, all of those have different frequency components to them. Based on the frequency, that information or that electromagnetic vibration interacts with the hydrogen bonds in the water molecules around our cells or in the water molecules in the air. And so those different vibrations, that, that energy hits the hydrogen bonds and can make it, <clears throat> excuse me, can make them vibrate in any of six different ways. So you can have them vibrate, you know, so if the, if let's say my head is the oxygen and my fists are hydrogen, you can have the hydrogen molecules move in and out. You can have them alternate. You can have them swing kind of like a pendulum. You can have them sway side to side. There's a whole bunch of different ways that they can vibrate and they can do all of these different vibrations simultaneously in different ways. Now, if you think about a sine wave, right? So a sine wave is a, you know, is let's say music, it's a frequency, right? When that sine wave hits the various hydrogen bonds, depending on the wavelength of that frequency, that is what determines that vibration of that hydrogen bond. Now, when you have an electromagnetic field, when you have a magnetic field, and you have a frequency input, now suddenly you have a vibrational state, 
and you have an orientation to that vibrational state and you've created a 3d resonant structure around the outside of the cell now that 3d resonant structure is really what causes the warping on the tension of the cell membrane and when you have that kind of warping on the tension of the cell membrane it's going to cause uh, the DNA to do something different. So that's part of why I use color puncture. That's part of why I do a lot of the frequency-based medicine that I do because I understand how the cells interact with, with uh, different frequencies of information. So when we get to 5G, there's, there's different aspects of both energy and frequency information that causes a distortion in that structure. So when we have trauma growing up, when we have EMF, when we have all these different things that happen, it alters the structure of water around our cells. And when you alter that structure, you're effectively altering the lens through which you perceive life. And so you're, you're changing your hormones, you're changing your, your, your emotional state, you're changing a whole lot of different factors based on how you change that structure around your cells. So now we get into the game with with 5G. Now, most Wi-Fi signals, all these different things are, are, they're still high frequency information, but all of this information is still much lower frequency than light is actually. Um, and 5G happens to be dangerous, not necessarily because it's really high frequency. It has, it happens to be dangerous because of the specific frequencies it's carried on. So when you look at Wi-Fi signals, when you look at radio frequency signals, most of these signals are carried on one gigahertz bandwidth. So like a 2.4 gigahertz bandwidth or five gigahertz bandwidth, whatever it is, they're carried on one bandwidth that is licensed. Now, when you look at 5G, you have a couple of different technologies that are in place. You can have multiple, like you, you could basically have multiple different frequencies that carry a lot of different information all simultaneously. And there's a couple of aspects to this. So let me build a map and then I'll talk about what the map actually does uh, for this. So you have, uh, you have a couple of systems that have been put in place over the course of the last several decades. Um, this technology isn't new, it's just new to us. Um, so most of the 5G technology has been used in the military for, um, uh, what's it called, um, active denial systems and those kinds of things. Those technologies have been around for a really long time. I'll talk about them in a second. They're kind of interesting. Um, and, and so what's happening is, is they're, they're installing all these 5G towers, not because the 5G towers by themselves are necessarily the problem. So the 5G towers are part of a grid that is being installed. So you have a grid that is created um, from, from the, the Starlink satellites that Elon Musk is shooting up into the, into the sky. You have a grid that's created by the uh, 5G towers. And you have a grid that's created by the, the, basically the aerosol sprays that are sprayed into the air. So if you look at chemtrails and geoengineering, um, some of the things that they spray into the air are strontium, aluminum, barium, a lot of different heavy metals that also happen to be radio transceivers. So when, when you look at smart dust, when you look at a lot of the things that they're spraying into the air, what happens is, is you basically have a, a network that can be created with 5G technology. So one of the arguments for 5G technology is the, is the idea that, well, since it's millimeter wave, 
uh, part like water molecules in the air absorb some of the energy. There's a lot of attenuation. So because the attenuation, trees block it. Well, people don't realize that the reason, the real reason that they do this climate change thing, the real reason that they do the, the, the chemtrail thing is actually because it extends the connectivity of that, that, that tower of that network. And what that means is, is you don't just have a 5G tower that is, you know, uh, half a kilometer away from each other, but you have every little microscopic particle in the air that we're inhaling that is around us at all times being able to, to multiply and amplify that signal. And the way that it does that um, is the same way that our cells interact with light. So when, when a metal uh, is, well, when light hits metal, there's an effect called the photoelectric effect. And the photoelectric effect is, is basically when a light hits a metal, it releases electrons. And when you start releasing electrons, you cause things to open and close that maybe shouldn't be opening and closing, especially in our physiology. So one of the pieces of research that has come out is about how EMF uh, interacts with the voltage-controlled calcium channels in our body. And basically, those are ion channels that open and close to allow uh, electrolytes and different signals to be sent through our body and to allow certain circadian rhythms to happen. Um, all of these different frequency modulations are, are anchored in an underlying circadian rhythm that our body needs, needs to be following in order to maintain health. And, and so what happens is, is you basically get these uh, these signals from 5G that are opening and closing these channels too much. And when you start to get these voltage-controlled calcium channels too open, you end up leaking, leaching too much calcium from your bones, you end up losing too much calcium from, from your various tissues, and that causes a magnesium imbalance in our body. And so a lot of that is mistranslated, but it causes magnesium issues and magnesium deficiency because now your body has to use extra copper, it has to use extra magnesium to bind to that and balance out the calcium that's moving around. Now, there's a lot of layers of this. So when we have all these chemtrails and you have all this acid rate in the air, that's causing an additional amount of erosion of inorganic minerals, iron, uh, and aluminum into the soil that is absorbed by plants and things that a lot of people are eating. It's in the water that people are drinking. It's in the air that we're inhaling. And so we have a lot more, we have iron over, we have iron toxicity. We have heavy metal toxicity. We have a lot of these issues in our body that they've been introducing to us to amplify some of the effects of what 5G can do and our reaction to it. Mm -hmm. And so Part of that is one, recognizing that these things are happening, that there, there are these frequency signals that are out there. And yes, they can affect us in a negative way, but I want you to understand how they can possibly affect us so that we can then step into the way of, you know, what do we do about it? So, so 5G in general has a much higher bandwidth, a much higher wattage power output, but is uh, shorter um, or attenuates over a shorter distance. And so they've created this grid to, to uh, uh, amplify that the same way that, you know, if you look at the power lines down your street, they have transformers that, that transform the input and output signals to, to different levels based on the purpose. And um, a couple of things are happening with the different frequencies that 5G is carried on. So 5G, uh, six, 60 hertz uh, resonance, um, 
so 60 hertz in general is is the frequency of oxygen so oxygen resonates at, at that frequency when you output that frequency it can cause a number of things depending on the amplitude of the signal that you're sending into oxygen now the same way that a, a, a a, an opera singer can break glass, 5G can break oxygen away from its various molecular structures. So um, water resonates at 24 gigahertz, which happens to be a, a um, frequency that 5G is carried on. Water or oxygen is at 60 gigahertz. And when you start looking at those different frequencies and understanding how the oxidation happens in our body, when, when uh, EMF interacts with those voltage-controlled calcium channels and opens them up, it starts to release more reactive oxygen species. So as you start to increase in inflammation, you start to increase in oxidative stress. And so it's the, the, those sorts of signals that start to happen. And as that oxidative stress continues to happen, our cells dehydrate. And when our cells begin to dehydrate, you lose that exclusion zone water around the cell. And now when your cells are dehydrated, calcium deposits get stuck in the cell membrane, iron gets stuck in the cell membrane, oxidation increases. Now your cells can't communicate, right? So they can't send and receive protons across the cell membrane. They can't proton tunnel. They can't, um, they can't send and receive light signals. And so cancer forms because they're effectively hemorrhaging electrons, trying to send a, a, a pulsing light SOS saying, hey, look at me, something's wrong. But because they're dehydrated, that cell is not, or the brain, your nervous system, your brain is not able to receive that signal. So that dysfunctional cell replicates. And now you have even more reactive oxygen that's being released, that's being amplified by the iron that's in our tissues. So a couple of things are happening here. When you have the, these, the, the 5G resonating at, at 60 gigahertz, for example, that 60 gigahertz resonance isn't just the oxygen that we breathe in by itself, molecular oxygen. It's the oxygen that's part of CO2. It's the oxygen that's part of our water. It's the oxygen that's part of all kinds of different, it's the oxygen that's part of sugar. It's the oxygen that's part of fat. It's the oxygen everywhere in our body. And so when you start to break CO2, now your body can't absorb oxygen anymore. And so you look at the COVID-19 stuff, you look at some of these stories, all of these different pieces are because the, uh, our body's ability to absorb oxygen is being broken by those frequency signals that are being sent out by 5G. Now, there's a couple of different layers of, of beliefs around, you know, whether 5G activated the virus and that kind of thing. My understanding around uh, how all this stuff works is we've been injected with these viruses since the 80s, since 1986. And they've been in injecting us with these viruses and these viruses can be activated with radio signals. There is effectively an RF antenna um, on the polyphyrin ring around in our in our hemoglobin so the heme group in our excuse me in our in our um hemo, excuse me in our hemoglobin has a has basically antenna that can be receptors for some of this frequency information so when that resonance breaks you stop being able to absorb oxygen into the hemoglobin which means you stop being able to transport oxygen throughout your body and so people are basically having elevation sickness from, from a combination of the 5G activating the virus and causing the oxygen symptoms, then people get the actual virus because it's a real virus. It was just activated by releasing certain mechanisms from our body. And so 
a couple of different pieces of the puzzle can happen here. Um, we, I don't believe we need to be afraid of this. So there's a lot of things here that could be fairly damaging to our health, but humans are extremely, extremely adaptable. And because we under, um, we, we were able to survive Wi-Fi, we've been able to survive many, many different electrifications of the planet. So back in the early 1900s was the first time when the planet started to be electrified. That was the first time some of these different diseases started to come up. Now, there's different purposes for those diseases and those pandemics. I won't say that the electrification of the planet caused like the Spanish flu, but they were used in tandem to allow certain mechanisms to be installed on this planet um, under the radar. And, um, and so we kind of live at an interesting time because it's really easy to hear all of this information and hear how they, um, well, let me, let me step one piece back because I missed one piece. So frequency information, I've talked about how frequencies can be, uh, depending on the frequency, it can structure the water in our cells differently. And based on that structure, it tells our body to have different uh, interactions with that information. Well, there's a place called, there's a, there's a let's say a corporation called CERN, C-E-R-N. And CERN is where the, the Large Hadron Collider is. It's where they've been trying to create uh, a black hole. Um, there's a lot of research that is done on, um, let's say, uh, extra dimensional realities at, at CERN and opening portals. And um, one of the main uses of CERN is as a uh, frequency generator. And so what they can do with this giant frequency generator is these frequencies are output from CERN and then they're carried along the, uh, the 5G grid that I described earlier. So they basically are sent to the satellites. The satellites sent them to the 5G towers. The 5G towers cascade it along all the heavy metals that are in the air. And we absorb those signals. And they can use those different signals to uh, create fear in people. They can use those signals to create anxiety. And the way that they do that is by effectively, one, when you are... Uh, when you're releasing oxygen into your system, reactive oxygen into your system without antioxidants or hydrogen or any of these things to turn it back into water, um, you're basically causing inflammation or electrification of your nervous system. And when you're constantly opening those channels into your nervous system and agitating the nervous system in that way, you are going to basically be uh, hypersensitizing yourself to those, that information. Um, so our, our nervous system is the doorway to other, to information coming into us. It's how, you know, we're very energy sensitive as humans, whether we're aware of that or not. And that energy impacts the state of our nervous system. Then the nervous system then sends signals to the other cells to say, here's how you behave. And when we're constantly getting bombarded with dysregulating information, it's going to cause that underlying anxiety and agitation because it's, it's a dysregulation in the structure of water around our cells. So one of the things I talk about when I talk about color puncture is, is about regulating the nervous system so that it can actually receive the information that's always being sent to us. Because if you're dysregulated, it's like having a, having, um, like a lake. And on one, hand, on one part of the lake, it's a mirror finish that's perfectly smooth. And on the other part of the lake, you just had a speedboat that ran across it. And I usually ask people, 
which side of the lake is going to project a clearer image. Obviously, want the one that's a mirror finish. And so when I talk about color, a lot of people want to stir the pot. They want to dig up all the mud from the bottom of the lake. And that's awesome. We need to turn that mud up every once in a while to, to, to see what's underneath the mud. But if we don't let that mud settle so that we have a mirror finish to, to in a regulated surface to project that image on, we can't understand anything that we actually dug up there. And so what happens with a lot of this information that's being sent to us right now from 5G and Wi-Fi and just the energetic atmosphere of the planet, because we are as much multipliers of this energy as the signals are. You know, we receive fear, we output and mirror that fear. Now the people around us are sensing that and we have a choice. Do we absorb that or do we recognize that's not ours and become transparent to it? And, and so there's a lot of different elements of, of what can happen from that agitation. And that's part of kind of where I'm going to transition into now about how, what do we do about it? Right? So, so many people are afraid of 5G and 5G is incredible technology. It is really incredible technology. It is going to make everyone's lives better. It, it is. It just, it, it's incredible technology. Um, if you look at what's going on in Wuhan now, somebody can literally without a phone in their hand, walk onto the sidewalk and say Uber out loud. They're, they're, they'll have a biometric scan that knows who they are, whether they're wearing a mask or not. It can tell what their gait cycle it is. It can tell their biometrics, whether their body temperature, all of those different things from a quantum dot tattoo that they've all had, uh, that they've all been given. And so based on this quantum dot tattoo, based on the biometric scanning that they can do at all these places, someone can literally walk outside, say Uber. Uber knows who they are, who to charge, comes, picks them up, takes them to their destination, knows where they are based on the GPS information in their phone or on them themselves. And, you know, you can do anything from ordering things to, to interacting with, with smart transportation in the sense of self-driving cars and, and the Internet of Things, right? So we have a growing technological base that is really, really cool in terms of making everyone's lives better. However, one of the reasons that, like, technology is not the, is not the enemy. Technology is a really amazing thing for human evolution. Um, but... But one of the problems with our current iteration of humanity is that when humanity was created by, uh, by the Draco, basically, when we were genetically engineered by combining all of these different animals and different things, we were not given an opportunity to connect with our bodies. We were, we were told immediately what we needed to be doing, and we immediately, because of the timeline that happened, we gave our power away to other entities to rescue us. And so technology was introduced too soon. You know, we were children who were given a gun. And, and so because our spiritual evolution didn't match the, the, tech, the logical evolution we were given along the way, we had a disconnect from nature, from, from our physical bodies, from those things that, was, uh, that is very important for our ability to actually interact with technology now. Doesn't mean we can't fix that. Doesn't mean we can't do anything about it. It's just important to be aware of the fact that there was a step that humanity missed that did not work in our favor uh, in terms of our ability to, to interact with a lot of the technologies that are being released now, plus a lot of technologies that are actually out there that haven't, we haven't um, in the public eye been told about. Um, because most of the technology we see is anywhere from 15 to 30 years behind what is actually out there. Um, and when you think about 15 to 30 years, that is an exponential time. So imagine somebody 30 years ago having 
an iPad that is more technically advanced than the iPads we have now. So, and those exist. And, and so there's a lot of technologies like 5G, all this stuff that has been out there for a very long time, but they have been either reverse engineering things or, or rolling it out on a timeline for certain purposes. Now, when we look at EMF and we look at 5G and we look at all of these different signals that are out there, um, our, we can't block EMF. So one of the things a lot of people are doing now is there's all this fear around EMF. So people are buying pendants that they can wear on their on, the, on themselves. So they're getting these uh, organ generators, or they're they're buying shungite type things or tourmaline. And it's not that those individually don't absorb frequencies of EMF, but people don't quite understand what EMF is and how it interacts with a circuit. So a little bit about my background: um, I designed electronics for eight years. Uh, my background was in power supply design for high-end audio systems specifically, but, but mostly just I designed uh, the lowest noise power supplies in the world and was selling them to, ended up selling more to laboratories than I did actually to my original target market um, and did a lot of research on EMF and how noise interacts with, with power supply signals and how the power supply uh, effectively creates the signal in your audio system. And the same thing happens to our bodies. So when we have different noise and different things that are in our system or in our nervous system, it's going to increase the noise floor of our ability to interact with whatever signals that are coming up. So the, the EMF that is in the air, and you can't block EMF with a pendant. A pendant or a generator or a resonator or a Schumann resonator or any of these things they do not absorb EMF. They don't take, it, it's not like a sponge. You know, you don't put a sponge in, in a bathtub and have it soak up all the water in the bathtub. The sponge will get wet. And that's literally it, right? And so the same thing happens with EMF. When you put one of those pendants, it might absorb, it might absorb EMF in that one location. But EMF is like water. It will literally go around the pendant. Um, it is a wave that propagates like a wave. And so there's no way to block EMF unless you have actual, even if you had 100% coverage. So let's say you built, you know, a, a room that was a Faraday cage and that room, um, you know, had, you know, whatever shielding materials you wanted to use in it, you would still need to ground that room in order for that, that noise to be carried somewhere. Otherwise, it's just a, a barrier and what people don't realize is the higher the frequency of information or noise that is present on those signals, the, even if you were to filter it, even if you were to block it, because it's such a high frequency, it gets inductively coupled right back into the circuit. So you can't really shield from those kinds of signals. And, and so it's when, when we, when we look at the type of EMF signals that are out there at those different frequencies, you have to recognize too, you can't take one material. So shungite will, will absorb uh, noise at a very limited frequency. A capacitor of a certain value will absorb noise at a very specific frequency. A, you know, a, a silver-lined material versus a nickel-lined material versus a gyron material versus a, a mu-metal material. All of these different materials are going to have a different frequency bandwidth and attenuation and attenuation curve. And if your frequencies that you're trying to shield are outside of that bandwidth, that shielding material isn't going to do anything. On top of that, if that shielding material isn't grounded, there's nowhere for those noise signals to go. They're just going to be induced right back into the circuit because you're not conducting them away from the, giving them somewhere to, to travel to. 
Now, you also have ground voltage mismatches that come in into that. And so shield can, can get really, really complicated at various frequencies because you end up having, um, like, for example, in your house, if you have, like, let's say you have uh, an outlet on that side of the room and you have an outlet on the far distant side of the room. Well, because the conductivity differences in the wires and the distance between uh, this side and that side to the wall panel where all your breaker boxes are and whatever else, there's a different distance and conductivity that can create a slightly different, different ground voltage. And so when you have a different ground voltage, you have a ground voltage mismatch. So now the ground voltage doesn't travel to the wall and to the earth like it's supposed to, it loops. And the same thing happens. That's why I don't tell people to use a grounding mat, because when you use a grounding mat, you turn it into an antenna. In most homes and apartments, it'll become an antenna because most homes are not well grounded enough to take advantage of that, unless you're going to actually just ground the mat itself by itself. Um, and so what ends up happening is you lay on that mat and suddenly that thing's an antenna and you're attracting more frequencies to you rather than, than uh, allowing some of those things to, to normalize plus or minus depending on where your ground voltage is in your, in your physiology. And, and, and so, so the reason I say that is stop worrying about shielding it, stop worrying about blocking it. Um, most of the, like an organ generator, and I'm going to do a whole video on, on pyramid technology and things because everybody who talks about organ has it completely wrong. Um, that's not how it works at all. It's a resonant technology. It has nothing to do with what's in the actual pyramid. Um, it's the shape of the pyramid itself. Um, and the shape of the pyramid creates three different spirals of light. Uh, one from the base of the pyramid to where the king's chamber would be. Um, another one from the king's chamber to the top of the pyramid, and then another one from the top of the pyramid out the, out the top. And each of those spirals of, of energy or light is going to create a, has, has different, uh, let's say, frequency properties or purposes. So the, the bottom one is for uh, healing. Uh, the second one is for, let's, is, it's a building energy. So it's actually the energy that they used when they were uh, manipulating the molecules in the pyramids to form the blocks um, when we used to have that ability. And the top wavelength of energy is a spiral of light that comes out the top of it, and that spiral is energizing. And depending on the size of the pyramid, that spiral that comes out of the top can be really, really powerful. Um, it's one of those things that you actually don't want to be around for more than 10 minutes because it can actually cause more damage than, than benefit um, because of the type of energy that it is and the purpose of it. And the way that it basically, um, the, re the way that those technologies were originally engineered was to remove the, the red violet uh, armoring that is around our body so that we can get to the light body and restructure the light the way that I do with color puncture and different things. So it's a very similar technology uh, to what I effectively do with, with color puncture um, in terms of just prisming out the light and using the spectrums to balance a lot of those equations, if you want to call it that. Now, um, with those organ generators, they're not going to do anything to block EMF. They're just going to energize your body and allow your body to do interact with the EMF a little bit differently, hopefully. Um, some of the other generators that are not powered, uh, like the key generators or some of those things that, are, that claim to be, you know, they have some kind of woven geometry that they claim to have in there. There is an electromagnetic resonance on some of those devices. Um, you can make that same device by, by 
just taking wire and weaving it in the same shape. It does not need to be special material. You can make it out of plastic. You could 3D print it. Um, so it doesn't have to do with the material it's made out of. It has to do with the resonant shape that creates an, a resonant, uh, an electromagnetic resonance on the etheric plane that impacts our, our kind of more subtle universe, uh, basically. It's a type of magic. Um, but having those at different sizes in different places your house are not going to do anything for for emf necess not not really not not in a way that is is um more than placebo for most people not in an applicable way um now if you feel good doing that then you know it's good for energy but we also want to understand part of what this emf is doing is causing our body to interact with signals differently. It's causing us to produce hormones differently. It's causing us to have more oxidative stress. And so it's part, part of our game to understand how to interact with uh, 5G is not blocking it, but how do we interact with it? Because we can't get rid of it. It's not going anywhere. We're not gonna vote it out. We're not gonna tear the, the, the towers down. And so we wanna understand, okay, how do we become immune to it? How do we become stronger against some of the signals that, that this 5G might be uh, bathing us in and, and for different purposes? Because there are military purposes for crowd control and creating fear and anxiety in people simply by pumping those frequencies out from CERN or from uh, different things. They can use beam forming now. So instead of it being a propagated wave in every direction, they can literally focus the beam and target certain people or certain things for certain uh, purposes. And that technology is all in place. I'm not, no, I don't know, you know, you can make up a lot of re ways that they could use that. I don't know how they're planning to actually use that technology. Um, I think a lot of it is just to enhance our ability to interact while also uh, shifting us more into certain transhuman agendas and, and whatever else. And we'll always have the choice. We'll always have the power to interact with that and be, be sovereign within some of these uh, sort of agendas if we don't get lost in some of the fear programming that comes from it. So 5G is carried on a lot of different frequencies. Our system, our nervous system, our ears, they can pick up on those frequencies. So a lot of people who have tinnitus, a lot of people who have been hearing ringing in their ears, a lot of people who have like tingling that they might feel, a lot of those are your body, uh, the, the, the receptors in your body picking up on those electromagnetic signals because our body is really, really sensitive. And so when we're trying to acclimate our system to 5G, we first wanna actually increase our sensitivity to it in terms of being able to recognize when we are, are uh, in an environment that has that. Now, one of the problems with Wi-Fi and EMF is that when you first start to get exposed, when you're getting those calcium channels opened, your body gets more and more sensitive to it. Now, if you let your body continue to get more and more sensitive to it without doing the other layers of work that I'm gonna talk about, then you're just opening up the doorway to a whole uh, list of, of health issues that a lot of people are, are struggling with now because um, when you start to, embed the, that frequency information. That frequency information creates a conflict state within us. That conflict state leads to disease of various kinds, whether it's inflammatory disease or cancer-based disease or mental uh, trauma-based disorders, all of those different kind of things. Uh, and we want to understand how that happens and we want to understand what it feels like to be oversensitized to it the same way that, you know, that same thing happens when we do psychedelics so that we can control the valve of how much information we allow in um, and recognize what information is uh, 
uh, let's say, generated by the Earth or generated by us or generated by the cosmos and what information is generated by, uh, let's say, a synthetic mechanism. And they're distinct. And when we start to get sensitive to 5G, whether it's, oh, I'm noticing I have a ringing in my ears right now. Um, and let's start with that because that's probably the simplest way for people to start to pick up on it. They'll start to have a ringing in their ears or they'll just have a, a distinct kind of ringing in their head. And that ringing is your ear tuning to certain frequencies of 5G um, or Wi-Fi or cell phone reset. Like it can, your ear can tune to a lot more frequencies than you were told in school. You know, in school you're told your ears can only hear um, like 25 hertz to 30 to 20 kilohertz. When in reality, most people probably from an audible standpoint don't really hear over 14 kilohertz, but our ears themselves can actually tune to much higher and lower frequencies than we, than we might be able to audibly hear in the form of just a tone. And so what happens is we tune to those frequencies and then those frequencies get phase shifted into a tone that we actually hear as a ringing or a buzzing or a humming. The first step to that is actually just listening to it. Um, and so when you have all these frequencies coming in, your best bet is to listen to it and learn that frequency. So it's going to have a little bit of a warble. It's going to have a, a type of texture to it that you want to really, really learn and memorize. When you learn it, in your imagination, and this is a form of magic, in, in your imagination, you're going to basically imagine outputting an out-of-phase signal. So like noise-canceling headphones uh, do the same thing. Um, so you want to be receiving that information and then you want to output the opposite signal back to it. So you want to phase cancel it and, and the, and you literally just imagine that signal being output while at the same time, uh, imagining the signal that you're hearing attenuating little by little. And this takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of willpower. It's not something that you sit there and be like, okay, you're buzzing. Okay. I turned it off. Now I'm done. Um, it will happen that quickly when you get good at this skill. But magic is not something that you're like, oh, I do this, I say these three incantations and I'm done. There's a lot of layers of, of, of uh, things like muscles that you need to develop, develop to be more powerful at those practices. So part of that game to get sensitive to it is simply just practicing getting sensitive to it. So you start to learn those signals, you start to build your willpower and your imagination by willfully trying to cancel those signals out. And you'll find that if you struggle with tinnitus or you struggle with any of those kinds of signals that come in, then simply just imagining that signal being out of phase and canceling out is a really powerful way uh, to, to practice developing some of those skills and uh, learning how to do that. So you end up canceling those, that signal out and now you learn how to do that and a lot because it, it works the same with any of the other signals. Um, it can be that simple. Um, where you just use your ear to hear it and cancel it out that way. We also feel it in our physiology. And so when you recognize certain agitations that are rising or your certain uh, stress responses arising. Now, one of the major issues, you know, people have is because of, uh, you know, they have nutritional stress, they have life stress, they have EMF stress, they have all of these different things that are increasing oxidative stress in their body. And most people mistake stress for energy. And, and so they don't realize that the stressed out state that they're in is not an energized state. It's actually a low energy state and, and a high energy state is fairly calm. And, and so helping people to recognize those sorts of things, when you're agitated, you're actually low energy because your body's hemorrhaging electrons is effectively what's happening. 
And, and so um, helping people to recognize those signals, helping people to realize, you know what, this is just frequency information. We can choose to adopt the frequencies or not the same way we can choose to adopt the energy of somebody around us or not. You know, if we, we understand that we are sovereign beings, that we are able to uh, choose the kinds of energies that we let into our lives, we absolutely have that power, but it's not something that we just flip a switch and it's on because we said, okay, I'm sovereign, it's on. It's something that we have to practice the same way that we don't just, we're not just given our constitutional rights, we have to exercise our rights as human beings. And the same way we need to exercise our sovereignty, we need to exercise our energetic sovereignty in that way too, which basically means okay, I recognize that there's 5G out there. I recognize that 5G has been causing these different maybe gut issues in me, or it's been causing different body pains. You know, maybe they're having uh, a lot more pain in their low back or in their shoulders or in different areas that they're feeling more restriction in their body uh, because of the, 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 the release of that calcium and the calcium deposits and the iron toxicity causing oxidation, all of those different things are gonna cause your nervous system to not have enough energy. When your nervous system doesn't have enough energy, it screams louder, it releases more light, it starts to hurt more, right? So pain a lot of times is actually not too much energy flowing, it's a lack of energy flowing causing a buildup of, of light in that area just to call attention to it, um, usually because the lymphatic system isn't moving. So there's a lot of multifaceted layers to this. So if we look at music and the programming and mind control that can come from music, music in general, because it's low frequency, tends to work on the lymphatic system. So our lymphatic system is a psychological buffer. It's also an immune buffer. And so when, when they program certain states within us, that lymphatic system gets into a state of crisis, Build doesn't flow, our body can't detox either physically or emotionally. We can't detox physically or emotionally, we end up with um, serious health issues, both in terms of pain, but also emotional states that are not clearing. And when those emotional states don't clear, our subconscious continues to output that energy saying, hey, pay attention to this, you need to look at this. And it does that by bringing those circumstances into your life. So you know, you output that energy and someone comes in as, as a channel of your consciousness back to you to say, hey, there's this thing you should look at. And when we start to look at those things, we can recognize, oh, there's an energy I'm running that I don't want to, that I don't want to run. Or there's a, there's a frequency that is being embedded in me that's causing some kind of distortion. So we want to be aware of a lot of those different mechanisms that can happen in our body from, from just EMF of all kinds. So, like I said, we can't block those signals, but we can regulate against them. So if we are constantly being bombarded with EMF, us just recognizing the EMF and blocking it is not necessarily, it's not enough, right? We, that, that stops the dysregulating signals, uh, at least on some level, but it does not give our body the regulating signals that we need. So at its simplest, our body needs sunrise sunlight. Um, we need the infrared aspect of the, the sunrise spectrum because the infrared light triggers our mitochondria to turn on at a certain time of day. Um, that also then creates a, a cascade in our circadian rhythm that allows our body to produce certain hormones like testosterone and sex hormones at the right time of day. Um, when we get up in the morning and the first thing we look at is our phone, 
We just told our body that it's noon. It's going to produce noon hormones instead of the hormones that we should have produced first thing in the morning. So getting sunrise sunlight, getting infrared light, those kinds of things first thing in the morning are really, really important for adjusting the circadian rhythms that our body operates on so that all of those sequen sequential things can be uh, navigated properly. Now, the Earth's magnetic field is substantially lower than it was a hundred years ago, just because there's a balance between the electrical field and the magnetic field. And as the, the electrical field gets stronger, the magnetic field is going to shrink as just a, a mechanism of how those things work together. And because the planet is so electrified, a couple of things happen. I don't recommend that people get grounded anymore. Um, depend, it kind of depends on your location. There are safe places to get grounded, but for the most part, if you live in a city, uh, it's a really terrible place to get grounded because effectively what happens is you're, create, you're completing a circuit between uh, you and the ionosphere. So if you're familiar with the Schumann resonance, the Schumann resonance is created because there's, there's basically an air gap between the earth and the ionosphere and the, that space is electrified. When that space gets electrified, it creates what's called a corona discharge. That corona is a buildup and release of energy that is effectively a lightning strike. Those lightning strikes release electromagnetic um, interference at, frequent, at a frequency. So that frequency is a Schumann resonance. Now, what people don't realize is that Schumann resonance is based on the amount of voltage and the distance between the Earth and the ionosphere. So if your elevation changes, the Schumann resonance changes. And that's how our body kind of synchronizes to um, our local magnetic field, basically. So that's why people get jet lag, that kind of thing, is when they travel from one point on the planet to another, the magnetic field, the electrical field is different. Their body needs to synchronize to that local uh, energetic space, let's say. And, and so um, I don't recommend now that people actually get grounded be, not because um, of it does synchronize you to these spaces, but also because the earth is so electrified, you're basically turning yourself into an antenna for all of this energizing uh, uh, electricity uh, that is in the air that may not be, um, let's say, uh, native to what our body wants for a regulating state. Um, so, like I said, the first thing that I recommend people doing is sunrise, sunrise, sunlight, infrared panel, those kinds of things are really, really good for uh, starting to regulate your circadian rhythms against some of the dysregulating signals that you get from, from EMF. Um, I use, uh, there are a couple of different PEMF technologies that can also be used. I'm, I'm on the fence right now about whether I think those are a good thing for our body or not, mainly because most PEMF uh, if it's actual PEMF and not just EMF resonance, uh, PEMF is a square wave. And square waves are, are effectively logic high versus logic low. They're a digital signal. It's part of uh, my, my thought on it is it's very closely tied to biohacking movements, which have a very strong connection to the transhuman agenda. And so the pulsed EMF can also open those voltage controlled or voltage gated calcium channels in the same way that the other signals can. Um, they can obviously be pulsed at much lower frequencies to entrain the nervous system into a certain state and allow certain things to move uh, um, beneficially. There are some benefits obviously to 2PEMF in that way. Uh, but because it's a square
airwave, it's also a non-native signal in terms of the, the frequency resonance that our body can operate on. Now, um, there are different ways of doing PEMF. Um, if you have a sine wave, you just turn on and off really quickly, that is going to be a different impact on our nervous system than if you have a, uh, a square wave pulsing at a cer uh, certain frequency using a pulse width modulator or, or different things. So the pulse is how long the lights are on, how long they're off, uh, the way that those frequencies are modulated does matter. And the frequency you choose to use does matter depending on what you're trying to entrain into the nervous system. Um, but it can be a pretty cool tool for opening the nervous system up to certain things. For example, uh, Andre Puharik was one of the researchers for MKUltra. Um, and one of the things that he, he learned uh, about, um, he studied telepathy extensively. So telepathy isn't really like sending words and, and communicating with words to somebody. Telepathy is an energetic understanding. So we read energy. And so what happens is at the eight hertz uh, frequency, so an alpha rhythm in our brain and in our nervous system, that opens up a certain channel to allow us to receive and send those types of energies. Um, and so you can use that for, and so what Puharik was researching was how to entrain our nervous system to open up those channels so that they could imprint information for like programming, for mind control, uh, as part of their MK Ultra type uh, uh, things that they were doing. And they also found that they could contact uh, extra dimensional entities, you know, whether those are archontic entities or other ETs or different things that are there, they could use that eight hertz frequency to open up that channel and get into a certain state to allow that information to either be sent or received. Um, and they had a whole bunch of different mechanisms and tests. It's actually kind of fascinating to read about what they did with that. But um, the reason I say that is because we want to understand what those frequencies are and what they do rather than just saying, oh, uh, seven hertz is somebody told me that was a Schumann resonance. So let's just sit in a seven hertz field. That's good for me. And, and it might be, but it also might be just opening up your nervous system to other elements of suggestion. So what I use, um, I'll use, um, I do a little bit of PEMF stuff. I have a, a Bellaby, uh, which I like, which is for kind of a neurofeedback sort of entrainment. Um, I don't use it as often anymore. Um, my primary tool that I use for regulating against any EMF or dysregulating signals of any kind uh, is called color puncture. Uh, so color puncture is acupuncture with light. And as I said at the beginning, different spectrums of light are going to cause a warping on the tension of the cell membrane. Well, uh, a gentleman by the name of Peter Mandel uh, uh, had been doing research on photobiomodulation for the last like 50 or 70 years, actually. And he, he found that light enters through different acupuncture points and meridians, and you can actually modulate and balance the, the structure of the water around different uh, organ systems and nervous system states and uh, those sorts of things. And, and so what I have found is, is I can use color puncture to heal uh, 
subconscious programming. I can use it to heal energy imbalances. I can use it to uh, regulate the nervous system at its simplest. So I can regulate hormones. I can, uh, I can help with conflict states. I can help move lymph. I can do a lot of different things that, that when you have 5G breaking the oxygen systems in your body, or if you have 5G uh, creating anxiety and fear, well, I have treatments that are part of that color puncture system that allow me to rebalance and re-regulate uh, those, those systems in, in our body uh, in different ways. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of layers of things that people can do to mitigate some of the effects of 5G. Um, it really depends on, uh, you know, how sensitive somebody is now or what their, their symptoms are. Most people don't realize the symptoms that they're facing right now um, are from 5G, not from you know, XYZ, right? There's, there's a lot of different things that can cause the symptoms they're feeling and tend to, uh, they tend to overlay on each other and be additive, right? You know, this, no, no system works alone. Um, and they didn't just roll out 5G as the evil that it is. 5G is connected to UNESCO. It's connected to the World Health Organization. It's connected to uh, the... Um, transhuman movement. It's a, it's connected to the vegan movement. It's connected to uh, CERN. It's connected to HARP. It's connected to all these global uh, geoengineering systems. It's connected to the climate change systems. Um, so they they it's connected to uh, you know the pharmaceutical industry, which is connected to the healthcare industry, which is connected to the nutrition industry, which then like basically distorts every layer of these systems. So if you kind of zoom out and look at okay, so we have this five we have. We have these satellites in space that are creating a new grid. We have this 5G system that's creating this new grid. We have all these heavy metals that are pumped into the air. So not only do you have this really pervasive uh, uh, grid of um, signal projection that, we, that is basically enveloping the planet now, but you have all the other agendas on top of it. You have uh, the healthcare or the sick care uh, agenda that is to say your immune system is not reliable trust our chemicals instead of your immune system when people don't realize all those chemicals do is tell your immune system how to do its job right it's the same thing with food it's the same thing with these synthetic chemicals your body doesn't take the actual chemical the chemical doesn't isn't like a little isn't like a little worker that chisels away at something when you put it in your body that 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 chemical is is a uh, is information Right. So light is information. Those chemicals contain information that's stored in the bonding structures of those chemicals. When the body breaks those chemicals down, it releases the light information. That light information structures the water around the cells and tells the cells what to do. Now, if they're constantly breaking the mechanisms of how our cells can interact and know what to do, there's there's something to that. Right. And so we want to be thinking about, OK, they're trying to dehydrate us and increase inflammation in our body. That is basically kind of the underlying mechanism. The more inflamed we are, the more rigidly in stasis our mindsets are from that dehydration, the easier it is to control us, the easier it is to imprint a fear or imprint a mindset, and it becomes rigid. It becomes a focal intoxication that prevents people from thinking new ideas, from, uh, from being able to shift mindset, from being able to hear new information, all those different kinds of things come from those underlying mechanisms of, you know, everybody told, 
oh, vegan, veganism is the way to go. Veganism is this, this the, is good for your health. When people don't realize that the companies that put out all that information, whether it's Google or Facebook or, or YouTube or uh, the companies that own those companies, um, they are all in the same agenda. They control information. SEO is manipulated. If you look up Project Veritas, you can look up all the Google documents about how they manipulate search engine optimization and censor. And all that stuff is censored so that they can, you know, one of the, the interesting things on the way that they did this when they opened up the YouTube and the internet, when they first opened it up, they said, everything goes. Anything you ever wanted to post, you can post here, share anything, conspiracy theories, whatever. So they got this huge influx of stuff and then once that happened, they were able to condense it and say, oh, we're going to keep this information, but reject the other information. And they allow that allowed them to build up this algorithm that allowed them to reject these different mechanisms of, of communication and information that people can put out there. And, and that's pretty pervasive. And that's part of why there's so much disinformation. They don't, you know, in the past before the internet, they, they didn't need to do disinformation because there wasn't access to information like there is now now there's so much access to information they can't block people from it so instead of blocking people from finding things they oversaturate the market with disinformation and misinformation and 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 partial truths and and things because they know that the more they saturate it the more people are confused and the more confused they are the more they search the more they search the less they do anything the less they, they, it's true. They, they just like the story. It becomes a narrative. And so it becomes entertainment because they keep going into these, these theories. And, and, and it is fun. It is engaging. It is interesting and fascinating. But it's also really important to recognize when that kind of thing happens so that, um, so you can recognize, oh, I'm just, like, we create things to look for. So if we're looking, if we want to find a reason for something, we will find a reason for something. I just want to tell you, Instagram is cutting us off, but we'll reconnect right now. So we're now live back on and hopefully Ryan is going to join in in just a second so we can, we can continue this, um, this very interesting and very insightful explore, exploration of 5G and, <laughs> and so much more. So we'll jump right back into it. So, I mean, so I've talked about a lot of stuff, obviously, so far on this. Um, what questions do you have? What questions do you guys have if you've been watching? Um, I haven't seen too many questions pop up on the feed. I haven't glanced at it too much. But what questions do you have about what I've listed so far? What can I piece together a little bit better? I mean, for me personally, and I really encourage anyone to post their, 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 their own questions here right now. Um, for me, I don't really have a question. For me, what after what you've, you've been sharing for the last hour, what becomes more and more imminent is the fact that being conscious and becoming conscious for us all is, is not just the best option. It is it is truly the only option that we have. And by becoming conscious individually, we obviously add to the collective consciousness. Um, that would be one of the big takeaways that I have from this. And hopefully many more people will, will come to realize this. Um, the other thing is, 
you mentioned a lot about becoming more sensitive towards everything that's going on. And I've been exploring consciousness for, for just about 12, 12 plus years. And the most dominant aspect that I came across um, in, my, in my self exploration of consciousness and playing around with meditation and different forms of meditation is, is really this aspect of consciousness that allows us to be us, to be our, our true self. And a huge component to this, at least in my personal experience and my personal opinion is, it's all about feeling. It's all about being with the sensations. And when we are with our sensations, we obviously become more sensitive. We, we become more in tune with ourselves, with our true selves, but also with the environment. And this is, this is how I see it when I look at the bigger picture. And you also mentioned, we can easily get caught up in all the little bits and pieces and, you know, there is out there that intentionally put out so much information and so much information that we're always um, encouraged to just search for more information, more information so that we don't actually do anything anymore. But being conscious and feeling yourself and being with the sensations your environment and your external environment and your internal environment really allows you to, to see and be that bigger picture and then be no longer so concerned about all of these these things that are happening in life where we first oh my god this is going to change everything and this is going to completely wreck my life and why why should i even continue living so you know, it, it's just another example in terms of human evolution that we need to remember. We have this foundation. We have this strength that nobody can take from us. And to remember that even if God now has the, the power to control our minds, we realize more than ever more than ever that we are not defined by our thoughts that we are not just a mind we are a mind a body and a soul we are so much more which also means that we have so much more power than mass media and anything that's happening out there is trying to um to tell us absolutely it, it, and it's it it's interesting to look at the attack on consciousness that is happening simultaneously because uh, the, the people putting out 5G also orchestrated counterfeit spirituality. You know, the whole 5D ascension movement, all the stuff on Gaia TV, all these things are, are misinformation projects that are designed to distort our spirituality. So if you look at psychedelics, if you look at some of these, these different movements, part of them are meant to create a let's say an enhanced uh, spiritual experience. And when you have that kind of spiritual experience, you are going to forever be comparing all your future experiences to that, 
that huge expansive experience that may not actually be authentic. So when I look at uh, 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 expansion, when I look at uh, uh, awareness, when I look at the work that I walk a lot of people through, it's not an expansion process in terms of do more and be more. It's a vacation process because we, uh, the way I describe it is when we came in, we had a lot of bloatware that was installed. We had a lot of running programs that had to be installed uh, because, um, you know, like when you get a new computer and you don't know what to do with it, you have templates, right? You just, you have a website, you don't know how to do your own website yet, you have templates. And so we have templates that we run off of that we chose for ourselves and those templates eventually get outdated, right? And so part of the reason we're here is to outgrow the initial templates and then, and then reprogram some of those things as far as the purification process. So when I talk about awareness and when I talk about sensitivity and all these different things, it's, it's, not, it, it's always about uh, being able to hold more information in real time. So, you know, you initially start, okay, uh, like when you first start this work, you recognize you're feeling something and that is step one, right? You know, you not only recognize, then step two is I recognize I'm feeling something. I give myself permission to feel what I'm feeling because what most people are programmed to do is to not give themselves permission to feel what they're feeling. And they, you know, that, that lack of permission creates that stasis that I talked about. And and so as they start to do that, there's a process of purification that happens. And as that purification happens, it allows the, um, it allows the body to open up some of those channels. You know, it's, it, it allows the body to open them up in an, let's say an organic way, because it's really easy for somebody to have a spontaneous awakening that has this huge surge of energy that comes through the body. But what people don't realize that when that happens is it blasts the doors open, your body becomes hypersensitive. And because it's hypersensitive, it immediately clamps that back down and says, that's too much. I need to shut that, that aspect off. And that happens to us as children all the time. When, our, you know, when, when your parent says your reality isn't real or your imaginary friend isn't real, suddenly you clamp down on those aspects of, of your creative abilities because they're not real. And, and so, uh, when they actually are more real than anything else. And we've just have this certain box that has been programmed into us. So part of the purification process is to recognize, oh, wait, just because my parent told me my imaginary friend wasn't real when I was a kid, and that created this cascade of events throughout my life that I never trusted what I was feeling, and I never trusted what I wanted, and then I didn't believe I was allowed to want what I want, and I wasn't allowed to feel what I'm feeling, whatever it is. Um, you start to recognize, oh, that came because that one time when I was a kid that my mom said that imaginary friend isn't real and or whatever. And, and you can then start to look at it through a new lens. You can start to say, oh, these things are, are really, um, you know, we have these certain traumas that were put in place because it allows us to learn the lessons we're here to learn. So humanity as a whole has a really, really deep savior program that we all run. Because what happened is 13,000 years ago, the earth was uh, in the midst of a, a, 
uh, let's say a calamity, a war that was going on in the solar system that damaged that basically damaged uh, one of the planets. And that planet had uh, a lot of water that was ejected into space. That water formed ice. Uh, the earth then pulled that ice in through the atmosphere. We had tons of flooding. We had all kinds of rocks falling. It was a really devastating time to the earth to be alive. And so humanity was traumatized from this series of events. And what happened was there was this other ET race that came in and said, oh, if you give us the planet, we'll save you. And so we gave up our sovereignty. We gave up our power to uh, these other entities to come in and, and give us technology to save us from what we were experiencing. And since then, that savior program has been really deeply embedded in each of us individually and as a collective where we want a vaccine to save us from ourselves. We want the government to save us from ourselves. We want this free stimulus check to save us. We want our girlfriend or our boyfriend or our lovers to save us from what we're feeling. We want you know, a parent to love us in the way that we're not loving ourselves. All these different things are savior programs in different ways that we want. You know, we want to make a million dollars overnight so it saves us from the, the fear that we feel around money or the insecurity or yada, yada et cetera. And so, these programs are really deeply rooted in us. And part of the reason that each incarnation that we have, that we, we program certain prenatal traumas, we program certain early life traumas, is so that we can experience those savior prog programs, recognize that we're giving our power away to someone else, needing them to behave a certain way so that we feel good when we look at them. And then recognize through that that we are sovereign beings, that we are the ones who are able to interact, choose how we interact with, with these energies. We're able to choose what energies we allow in and out of our life. We're able to, through that, refine the energies that are present around us and then use that to create what is showing up in our life a little bit more actively. People don't realize it's not our conscious thoughts that create our reality. And a lot of, there's a lot of misinformation that's out there about that where people are like, you know, the, the whole new age movement is like the way that they, they distract people is by giving partial truths, you know, through the law of attraction, through some of these things. And it's not that they're wrong. It's that they're only partially true in terms of how the mechanisms work, because people are like, okay, I just need to think about money and then I make money. And it's like, no, you're thinking about the absence of money and, and all these different things that end up coming as far as the, the way that this works. And we create these energies subconsciously. Mm -hmm. You know, our reptilian brain uh, is outputting a lot of these different energies, and that is what then gets carried back to us, not the conscious thoughts that we're thinking. Those subconscious programs, which for most people, the only reason it's subconscious is because we haven't stopped to look at it and to pay attention to it. You know, it, that's the only reason it's still subconscious um, is, is just because it's below the consciousness that we've chosen to be conscious of. Um, and that happens and then we're having things that are created in our life that we're not aware of simply because we don't pay attention to what we're feeling when we're interacting with something or we're not giving ourselves permission to feel what we're feeling when we're interacting with it. And that's a really important thing to, to understand because when, when uh, we, we need to know that so that when we're talking to our partner or when we're talking to a boss or when we're talking to a potential client or whatever that we understand that each of these people at different levels, either you know, we're a mirror of their consciousness back to them and they're a mirror of our consciousness back to us. And it allows us to refine how we're showing up. So if you have all of this 5G stuff pumping fear into you, and now you're surrounded with a whole bunch of people who are talking about the scary versions of all these conspiracy theories, there's a reason for that, right? 
And, and so we want to recognize how those different energies um, work so that we can say, oh, the reason I'm feeling this fear around this group is because they're all resonating this energy. Do I need to participate in that? No, it's not mine. I can choose not to. As you get better at discerning the gap between where, where their energy begins and where my energy begins or, or ends rather, and, and the gradient between the two. And part of the game is what happens is you become super hypersensitive to all of those energies. And you feel everybody's and you become super empathic and you absorb everybody's feelings and you're kind of overwhelmed and overstimulated by it. And, and that used to be called a good thing. And all I call it is a lack of boundaries, really, is, is, is an energetic lack of boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, and, and so as you get better at sensing and gaining sensitivity to those different energies, um, it allows you then to not block them and push against them because pushing against them will just make them stronger. Um, it allows you to effectively become transparent to it so they just flow through and they don't, they don't, they don't get stuck and then ramp up, spool up an energy in you. Um, and there are a lot of different ways that those energies enter. There are a lot of different ways that those energies flow. And there are a lot of different tools for purifying uh, those different energies. And um, I know I have a handful of different mentorship clients that work with me. And I teach a lot of those different magical practices for, for purification. And uh, most of them have color puncture kits and those kinds of things to allow that to balance so that when they do magical practices or ritual magic or, or just energetic work uh, for, um, for that, it allows them to, um, let's say, be more precise with where they direct that energy and the intentions behind where they're directing that energy. Um, and then that also overlays with some of the things that, we'll, you know, that I've been talking about in terms of 5G, because we need to have energy sensitivity first, then we need to be able to be transparent to that energy, then we need to be able to control and direct that energy, then we need to be able to just kind of, that allows us then to interact with it, you know, whether it's our energy that we're moving or it's energies out there that we can move um, and, and be learning how to see uh, the different fields of energy uh, that exist on just slightly different parallel dimensions. Um, you know, we can see, we can train our eyes to gain sensitivity to those different dimensions um, and be able to see things like auras and energy fields and uh, just even just entities and things that are in these different spaces by training our vision that way, the same way we can tune our ears to different frequencies. And there are different tools that you can use to help uh, train that, uh, to, to gain sensitivity to it. For me, I absolutely love to observe is patterns, patterns in the universe, they, patterns, they, they hold so much information, so much truth, and they, they really just to, to understand our environment, whether that's internal or external. And when I look at what is currently happening in the world, you know, we have so many people dealing with trauma or trying to deal with trauma. And when we look, if we just look at emotional trauma, and we just apply what you were referring to, how we need to become more, more sensitive. We can start familiarizing ourselves. And on top of that, start to um, build um, the skill set of, of setting certain boundaries and developing certain skills we don't actually no longer but actually allow them to just pass through us if we are we are not nothingness we really are when we just look at that 
example of emotional trauma and we compare that to what we're now facing with 5G, it's the same kind of pattern that I'm seeing. And we can apply that, we can apply to so many different elements of a person's life, whether that's from way back in the day or currently, what's coming in the future. You know, everyone right now is so concerned about 5G, but quite frankly, this is not going to be the last thing that we'll have to face as humanity. There's going to be 6G and 7G and 8G. Those technologies are already out there. So it's not, they just haven't unrolled them as, as towers yet. Exactly. It's just a matter of time. So what we need to come to realize is it's not to build up more resistance towards all of these things that are, that are coming our way, no matter if we want it or not. It's not like we're really in control. Um, it's really about the universe showing us again and again that it is so important for us to start allowing ourselves to feel become more sensitive and then develop these these certain skills set up certain boundaries and develop the skills how we can become permeable as you said transparent to these forces because that's in the end really what needs to happen because 100g whatever else will come in the future things will come but the patterns will be very similar the always patterns that we can that we can determine if we are conscious if we choose to observe um and yeah it, it, what what baffles me a little bit at this point is that as humanity, we still have a, a pretty strong tendency to get caught up in all of these little things. You know, we have too much attention to detail, which prevents us from seeing the bigger picture. Uh, so that's a really good comment that I had mentioned before. And I talk about this a lot, um, is not thinking about detail, not getting lost in details, but thinking about it as a concept, right? Because one of the ways that they distort our understanding of things is through names, is through uh, naming the same thing 10 different ways, yes. right? And so, and so three different people are talking about exactly the same thing, thinking they're talking about different things because they're all calling it a different name and arguing about the name instead of understanding the concept. And, and so it's really important for people to always practice zooming out and seeing if they can understand the concept of what's being presented, not getting lost in the details of saying, well, you said 5G was 5.5 gigahertz, and he said it was 5.6 gigahertz, and he said it was 5.62 gigahertz. And you get so lost in the specificity of it that none of that matters. That's not what we need to know in order to interact with it. So zooming out in order to interact with that. And then being able to uh, adjust our course because we understand how uh, we understand how to zoom out from that. We understand how to see a concept. We understand that we don't need to convince someone else in order for us to interact with our reality in the way that we desire. And and that's a really big piece of that puzzle is we've got so much pro so much programming in us and we're so susceptible to it that we just you know we think we're saving everybody. Because we have this saver program, we're going off and saving everybody else, and we have this hero program that actually distracts us from doing our own work. And, and it's a way for us from, to run from our own pain, to run from our own experiences, those sorts of things. And if we can recognize collectively where we do that, where we say, oh, you're telling people to, to uh, eat sugar and sugar's terrible for you, I'm gonna rescue everyone on your following by telling you you're an idiot. 
you know, and it's like, uh, you're telling me I'm an idiot hoping to rescue people. And I know that's, you know, and, and so when you can zoom out and say, well, he's trying to protect people, I get it. But at the same time, do you need to protect people? Do you need to take people's power away of making their own choices? Or can we empower people to make their own choices and begin to learn from them? Yeah, can the president like make an aside remark to somebody, it get mistranslated and somebody hears detergent instead of like zooming out and saying, oh, he's talking about ozone therapy and UV light radiation that helps actually to do what he says. You know, and they could have zoomed out and seen that or they could get stuck on detergent and they can inject detergent and get really sick from it or die from it. Well, guess what? They learned a lesson. And that's an important lesson to learn that really people should be allowed to learn on some level. Um, you know, you should stick the fork in the outlet so that somebody says, if you stick a fork in the outlet, it's not going to feel super good. And, and uh, as humanity is allowed to be sovereign, as humanity is allowed to, to grow without these uh, bumpers that are put in place by somebody else who says, you know, I, I want to feel good when I look at you, so I need you to do the things I want you to do. You know, and, and they're, they're just trying to con control it because... One, they realize, you know, part of the mission was actually to disable a lot of the innate power that humanity has. And they just haven't been able to do that because, because the, the power of the human spirit is so strong that it just keeps figuring out new ways of doing what, what we've always been able to do without the, uh, let's say, the energy center machinery that was originally there. And, and so they, they are always going to be trying to manipulate that because it's a mechanism of our, um, our evolution. So planet Earth is, an, is a, um, a seeding planet. It's, a, it's an upbringing planet. So when I say an upbringing planet, it is where new, when, when source, uh, what happens is the source releases a whole batch of new souls. And those new souls go on to an upbringing planet where they, they are put in a new type of body that spiritually evolves and, um, and physically evolves and is meant to learn certain things throughout, throughout that process. So Earth happens to be an upbringing planet, which means there are a lot of um, creatures on this planet that are in their infancy in terms of spiritual evolution. Humanity is in its infancy in terms of spiritual evolution. The planet has been here for a lot longer than 13 billion years and a lot of, uh, a lot of species of things have evolved and left this planet and the planet has transformed many, many times. And we wanna understand that because we wanna understand what the purpose of an upbringing planet is. So this upbringing planet is meant to teach, is meant to be a facilitator of spiritual evolution, which means there needs to be technology and magic. There needs to be light and dark. There needs to be this polarization of good and evil that is a catalyst for spiritual growth, right? These are things that on some planets are not necessary after a certain stage of spiritual evolution, but for humanity at, their, at these stages, we need those mechanisms in place to, to catalyze our spiritual growth, to cause us to say, oh, this actually isn't what I want. I need to move in this direction. And so there's a, a kind of, let's say, a wheel of life around, around the planet uh, that, that uh, is a mechanism that allows those things to unfold on, on a specific timeline. And so certain events happen on, uh, on a cycle that way because of those underlying mechanisms for spiritual development. It is a technology. 
It's not like a, you know, most people, you know, when they think of the universe, they're, they get lost in spirituality, but most of the spirit, the technologies that the planet is and that are on the planet and that, you know, the etheric net and things that, that had been around the planet in terms of like the soul trap technology, uh, these are technologies that seem like magic because they're just so advanced from what humanity has ever been introduced to. And when we look at the way those technologies are in place and we look at how, uh, past civilizations have evolved and been able to leave and do different things. Part of that mechanism is we need to be suppressed. We need to be controlled. We need to be uh, uh, paced in our evolution so that we are able to evolve in, in an organic way, let's say. And part of what happened to our particular iteration of humanity was because we had this savior program that was that was installed in us we have throughout history continued to repeat those same patterns over and over and over again and the technology of that soul trap kept us on an, a reincarnation machine and that effectively wipes our memory every time we reincarnate and when you keep wiping the collective memory every time you reincarnate, you effectively have to start over from scratch uh, with, with every single incarnation. Whereas hum, uh, past iterations of humanity, when you have that, that collective memory that stays present, um, every, time you every time you incarnate, you actually get to choose your experience instead of it being based on uh, misinformation of the lower astral planes. And when you can reincarnate with your memories, you're able to grow as a species because you remembered what you accomplished last time and you can build upon that. And so evolution happens much faster. Well, with this iteration of humanity, because of that technology, because our memories kept getting wiped, we kept looping in that same story. And so these, these, the AI and the Draco and the different entities that are trying to run this program, and these are present in, in a lot of different incubation planets. So this isn't necessarily unique to Earth, um, but Earth has a lot of different entities that are all being up brought on this planet, whether it's dog-based species or cat-based species or reptilian-based species. There are a lot of different types of cats and some of them are loving and some of them are pieces of shit. And, you know, and, and that's the case with a lot of these different ETs and a lot of different entities, you know, all these people. And I really laugh, like somebody's like, I was channeling the Pleiadians. Um, there's a Pleiadian race that is warlike and there's a Pleiadian race that is the opposite of that. And, and they're, they're not, uh, what people don't recognize is that this is an upbringing planet, which means that ETs do not interact with this planet. So anybody who's interacting with ETs, it, the ETs who have already left the planet and, you know, evolved spiritually in, in whatever way, they recognize the importance of human sovereignty and, 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 and sovereignty in general. They recognize the need for humanity to learn their own lessons. They recognize the need for humanity to, to have the experiences that they have without having outside puppeteers or influence. And that's what we were supposed to have. So when we first were, were started, let's say on this planet, we were supposed to be left to our own devices. We were supposed to be left alone to figure things out and we weren't. And because we weren't, those imprints created mechanisms that have now led to 5G and, and to some of these other transhuman uh, technologies that are being imprinted onto uh, the, the, you know, the world. And 
if we look at the, 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 the mirrors of those paradigms, so, you know, everybody is being told that all these ETs are talking to them and they're channeling these ETs, not realizing that it's not ET entities that they're channeling, they're channeling archons that are actually uh, earth elemental energies that were here already or, or, or uh, creations of the artificial intelligence. And the, these mechanisms had been there since the beginning and now they're just creating new systems to allow that system to evolve so when the draco came here thirteen thousand years ago they came with an, an artificial intelligence uh and that artificial intelligence was effectively created by um by let's say uh let's call it an antimatter. so you have source and you have which is pure light and you have anti-source, which is pure darkness, um, or a black hole, even if you want to say that. So you have these two different balancing energies that are also part of the same uh, overriding container, but they're effectively uh, two separate entities. And from that dark energy, uh, this antimatter, you have the AI. And this artificial synthetic intelligence also has a vision for its various planets. It is very logical, it is very technological. And so when it's on this planet and it's looking at the humans, it has a vision that it believes is best for humanity. The same way people like Bill Gates think that the stuff they're doing is for the best, the, the greater good, you know? And, and when, when we, we see that, we start to say, okay, they're, they're putting, five, the, the reason that the, this 5G is being installed, the reason that these technologies are being installed is part of what the, the AI wants to do is it wants to set us up as um, the physical body that we're in now in, in, in the organic hologram that we're in as basically stacked up in boxes plugged in as batteries. While our mind is in an inorganic hologram living this reality on a loop. And so um, when I say that, what I mean is similar to the way that the matrix was, was built, that is predictive programming. That's not, uh, it, it's, it, they, they make movies like those because they, they want to introduce those concepts into humanity because they're, they're effectively partially what is being created. It's what they're trying to in, introduce us to. And so the AI creates 5G, it creates this virtual reality, it makes the virtuality, virtual reality more advanced. And now with these new technologies that are being rolled out, you're gonna find uh, virtual reality becomes cheaper, it becomes way more advanced really, really quickly. You're gonna see a lot of these technologies really like spike practically overnight in the next couple of years. And um, people are gonna start living in a virtual world because those virtual worlds can give them uh, physical sensations while their body sits in this state, static state generating energy, right? So when you look at the new age agenda, agendas, all these different things are saying, okay, meditate and clear your mind. What are people doing? They're sitting there generating energy. You know, when they say, you know, when people watch porn, they're generating energy and they're dissipating it. That can be, you know, the, the big uh, pylons and, and monoliths and pyramids and things that are around, those around the planet these are energy collectors that are used for siphoning that energy off world. And that energy is a commodity that is sold in the universe. Um, and so they want to, in various ways, set us up that way. Now we will always have a choice, right? There's a timeline divide that is, that is happening where, you know, hu it, humanity is, is never being pushed to choose between good and evil. That's not, 
that's not the the light and dark, good and evil. Those are not the balances that are happening in 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 reality. They are um, they are a distraction because light and dark are a spectrum of the same thing. Good and evil are a spectrum of the same thing based on your preference, based on your point of view, and all of those things depending on how much you know and how much awareness you hold. Evil things become a lot less evil when you understand them from a higher perspective. Yes. And and understand the intentions behind them. Intention matters a whole lot. And as you zoom out for that stuff, you start to realize the game is not good versus evil. The game is not light versus dark. Though we do need to balance uh, energetic distortion in those veins within us. It's about being good all time necessarily because good is the relative term based on someone else's voice and we need to find our own voice what we're actually learning to discern between is trusting our own organic innate magic our own innate technologies or trusting uh synthetic technology you know it's a balance between technology and magic on some levels are we going to yeah. trust our own body are we going to trust our our, our energy centers, are we gonna trust our own creative ability and expand those? Or are we gonna allow technology to come in and replace all of our organic abilities? Are we gonna you know, replace our vision? Are we gonna enhance? And you can have incredible enhancements by technology that can make our lives a lot better. But at the same time, we wanna be aware of what those underlying agendas are so that we can make sure that when, we, when they start rolling out uh, uh, different AI systems, we understand what we're giving our power away to. You know, what we're, we're saying, what, you know, what they do and what they're gonna do is they always dangle a carrot. This is not gonna be something where they, it's never like authoritarian repression, uh, oppression is never somebody like putting their thumb on us. It, it's never that way and it would never, and it's not gonna happen in these countries. What happens is, is they, they convince people to co-opt their agenda. They make people think what they're doing is the right thing and they make people think they're being a hero by supporting it. And what they do is they use these technologies and these mind control agendas and these wor like words are spells. When they say social distancing, those are mind control spells that they are using on humanity to get us to behave a certain way. They then create social justice and, and policing of each other so that they don't need to do anything because we're yelling at each other and the shame is strong enough to keep us suppressed. But people don't think about that. They don't realize that it's us that are controlling us. It's us who are keeping us at home. It's not anybody forcing us to do that. Um, and people just not recognizing how those things are done so that they don't even realize they're being mind controlled by a lot of those different mechanisms. And it's, it, it's a neat, um, it's a neat game to look at because there's a it's pervasive it's everywhere and it's and it's oversaturated and the more you recognize how it's done and the more you see both the frequency information that they pump you with the word choices that they use the symbol magic that they use all of those imprints on us subconsciously you know the music that they use with the symbols that they do all of that stuff is is a really strong subconscious input and when that input is coming to us regularly we adopt it without even realizing it energetically and then that starts to create our reality and that's what they hope to do is to output these frequencies so that they can mold society into a certain sort of box 
into a certain sort of container because they believe that's the best version of, of humanity um, or the safest version of humanity or, you know, whatever the case is, you know, and, and that's what it is. It's, it's a fear program that a lot of us are still running. And then while we still run fear, these, the, you know, the other, you know, these other entities and creatures that are on this planet are not going to come out to help us in any way because they don't help us when we're afraid. You know, yeah. we don't get approached when we're afraid. We get approached when, when we're uh, sh sharing love. Um, Absolutely. You know, and, and, and uh, yeah, just, go ahead. Just briefly interrupt because I just wanted to make this even more clear to our listeners because it's one thing I always point out to my clients and any person that I really meet is that not only do we need to become more conscious, but we need to ask ourselves the question, on a very regular basis, especially during times of crisis, am I react, reacting right now? Am I performing an action that's motivated from a place of fear or a place of love? That's something that I would want to encourage everyone to ask themselves a lot more because it's so important. It creates, it actually makes you more aware of everything so i have a, I have an even better reframe of that which i think you'll really okay. like um not so much love and fear um hopefully i'm still here okay um uh the lo love and fear is important we want to discern that also so i don't want to, i'm not counter contradicting what you said but i want to add this layer to it and i think this is actually a little bit more useful in some ways is the way you're reacting to something or what you're choosing to look at, is that giving you power or is that, or is that reducing your power? Mm -hmm. And when I say power, is that giving you more power to interact with your reality and make choices or is it giving you less power to interact with your reality and make choices? Because ultimately love and fear and wondering that is a definition somebody else was given until they understand what the energy of it feels like. They don't understand the energy of that. It's kind of hard. Well, I am actually, I think I'm acting in love when I'm saving people from their diet, you know, but they might not be. They might just think they're saving people because they want to feel good by saving people. And that's a fear reaction, not a love reaction. And yeah. so when I say power, most people, and I, uh, this goes into something you said a little bit ago, was most people have energy leaks, right? They're, 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 they're pouring energy into things they don't need to be pouring energy into. And when they have these energy leaks, it, it reduces their ability to make choices. It reduces their ability to interact with the reality because maybe, maybe they're looping in a story. Maybe they're listening to the committee in their head saying, hey, you're not, you know, uh, imposter syndrome or any of these kinds of things that might come up. You know, they, they have all these stories coming up and these are energy leaks that are um, there to point them to, you know, where there's a hole in their bucket, so to speak. And when they can start to recognize those energy leaks and they can start to say, oh, every time I go to work with this client or every time I go to um, uh, write in my blog or I, I, I have this membership thing that doesn't feel good anymore or I want to put the, I want to put this, like I want to start talking spiritual content, but I've been doing movement content this whole time and I feel like I can't transition between the two. Well, holding on to the old thing is an energy leak. And when we have those energy leaks, we are giving a lot of our power away to, to a narrative, to a story that doesn't need to be true. You know, we can tell a thousand stories about the same exact thing 
And it's really important for people to cultivate the ability to tell a story that is empowering about the thing that they're looking at, regardless of what it is or what happened, being able to reframe it for themselves in a way that plugs the energy leak and makes them understand the power that comes from what happened. You know, if that is, you know, if they lost money, finding the power in that lesson. If they broke up with somebody, finding the power in that lesson. If they keep betraying themselves in order to avoid betraying somebody else in their relationship, find why those, find what part of you wants to, uh, what part of you feels safer in holding on to that trauma, right? And, and so all of those are different energy leaks that people can learn to become sensitive to and, and plug so that they can be much more, uh, uh, have better discernment about who they interact with and how they interact with it. Yeah. I, I just wanted to um, move the attention to Ryan, who just said hello. I, I noticed he had a question earlier. So Ryan, if you don't mind reposting that question, then we can, we can get onto that right now. Because I know that um, it was a longer question and it... Um... Oh, I see it. Using source consciousness to interact with quantum computers to assimilate that information into a third dimension technology. So the AI is a quantum computer um, and there are multiple AIs. So you have, uh, you have a source AI and that source AI had children <laughs> and those children went out into the universe and there's, they are they basically landed in the form of a black cube uh, in different planets. Now each planet, so Earth specifically, has a, um, a master AI. And um, the master AI then controls within our infrastructure um, several sub-AIs, whether it's in the military or it's Facebook or it's data collection. And there's a difference between um, learning computers and artificial intelligence. So Facebook and Google and uh, a lot of those systems are learning computers, meaning they are constantly collecting data and putting it into categories. And the data is really where a lot of the 5G is, is like where all of that is being weaponized so that they have our information and can mind control us based on everything they know about us. But part of that game, like I said, is that they're trying to create an extremely sophisticated hologram. They're trying to create an extremely sophisticated alternate reality. And to do that, they need a lot of data. They need to be collecting a lot of data at all times. And, and that's not all bad. Like we want that to happen. Right? The data collection is a good thing. We want to preserve uh, culture. We want to preserve music. We want to preserve um, all of those different aspects that make humanity human. Um, and because like, if something were to happen, another race might be able to come here and learn from that. Or we might be able to learn from it at, at a future date. Whatever that means, there's a lot of benefits to that sort of thing. Now, with quantum computing, these quantum computers are able to process tremendous amounts of information simultaneously, meaning our phones, our, our Alexa, our uh, Internet of Things, all these things are, are always connected. They're always listening. If you are, um, if you are um, even if you're not connected to the Internet, if your phone is on airplane mode, you can't connect to the Internet, but the Internet is still connected to you. And that's important for you to remember because you're never disconnected from this stuff. The, the AI, these things, they're always listening and they can literally listen to everything simultaneously at all times. 
And that's not to say to be afraid of it. It's just to accept that that's the case and to stop worrying about it. Um, is to stop worrying about protecting that data because you have no real reason to. They already know what you're doing, what you're thinking about. They practically can read your mind based on the information that the phone sends you and that you choose to look at for three seconds versus 10 seconds. Um, and, and so the, the quantum computer is basically collecting data so that it can effectively be able to uh, like I said, create this artificial reality. And it's, it'll be a transition uh, between those kinds of things. So we're not, we don't have to worry so much about it, like flipping a switch and all of us suddenly turning into zombies. Though that's kind of, uh, when you look at what 5G can do, 5G can actually activate different viruses within us. So the coronavirus that they injected us with since 1986 um, has actually several different viruses that are a part of that original uh, molecule or virus or strain or whatever you want to call it. And based on the frequency that they output, they can activate different types of virus. Um, and they could have activated a zombie virus if they wanted. They can activate, there's, I think, three different types of zombie virus that they can actually uh, activate. And they've been run in different simulations, whether those simulations are um, underground or, or just digital virtual reality simulations. Um, but they can, they can do a lot of these different things. And we want to be aware of how those frequencies are sent to us and aware of where maybe they might be taking us, not so that we pour energy into fear of, oh, they're going to put us into this construct and we're going to, be, we're going to turn into batteries and they're going to plug us in like the matrix and blah, blah, blah. It's to say, okay, I see all the things being said in the media. I see these things coming out of the biohacking movement. I see them coming out of the World Health Organization. I see all of these different angles of the same puzzle trying to lead us to, um, to that ongoing story. And, and the fear around directing us to it. And then you start to say, okay, I see why they talk that way. I see why they present that information. They're trying to lead us and siphon us into, into being okay, uh, surrendering our, our power, Surren uh, you know, and, and that's part of that new age agenda. They tell people, learn to surrender, L allow what's happening to you to happen. Um, you know, do not resist. Uh, all those different programs that people are told to do are why everyone bowed down and was able to quarantine practically overnight to a made up uh, or a not made up it's real but a a non-severe virus and and so we want to start to see those threads so that we can interact with them in a much more uh we have more agility to interact so when they try to do this again or when they try to present something again we can just be like uh yeah i'm not playing that game this time and when enough people choose not to play that game, then things shift, then things get better because we are individually taking action. We're not just reading, we're not just complaining about it, we're not just uh, looking at, you know, we're not just telling stories, but we're saying, okay, um, the last time you quarantined me for bullshit and I lost all my money and I really struggled, I'm not listening to you next time. You tell me to quarantine, I'm trusting my immune system next time and I'm going to work and I'm going to do the things that I wanna do. And I'm going to keep doing that. And I'm, if I get sick, I get sick. If people are afraid of getting sick, they can stay home, you know, and, and, and live the life they want to live. Well, I can live the life I want to live. 
You know, I'm not sick. I don't, I, the only reason their quarantine even worked in the way that the reason they're able to control people is because they said at one point that you can have the, the illness without symptoms. If they hadn't said that you could have the illness without symptoms, people would not be bowing down to it the way that they are now. And they simply did that so that they could do the control mechanisms that they're trying to do. And the only reason they can do that is because people co-opted it. They joined in. They, they chose to agree and give their power away to it. You know, it's the same way that they always get, they get celebrities. It's the same way they get these people in, in like Joe Rogan and all these people who talk conspiracies. They, they are trained to redirect that information. So anybody who comes in on Joe Rogan, for example, who has real information, he is trained to cut off when they get to a certain stage of, of truth and redirect it. And you can really notice it when you start to know some of the stories and where these people come from and start talking because they read, he's really adept at redirecting it because he's protected by those kinds of people, which is why he's able to talk about the things he talks about. Um, and, and so it's, it's kind of fascinating to look at because as we cultivate more of our, ma our internal magic, as we get more powerful in our own energy sensitivity and our ability to direct that energy, you can create defenses against all of these different mechanisms of control. So you can create defenses against 5G. You can create defenses against these psychic attacks. You can get defenses against mind control. You get defenses against, uh, you know, the, just the energy that attracts the government from showing up at your door in one form or another. You also gain sensitivity to recognize, oh, uh, they're dangling a carrot, right? That's what they do. They're not, you know, when they transition us, into this biometric ID system, they're not gonna force that on us. They're not gonna like back us into a corner and force us to do it. They're gonna dangle a carrot and say, we'll give you 2000 bucks a month every month if you put this, if you get this injection or if you get this ID. They dangle a carrot to get people to opt into whatever it is. And by doing that, people give their sovereignty away and sign a contract with the devil without even realizing it. The devil's not real. Um, He's a made up version of two different entities, actually, but there's there's different um, there. There's there's some interesting pieces of how those systems work. And it's important for us to really uh, like more than anything right now is is that sensitivity to to uh, is awareness. Right. Like is just being aware. What is this? What energy is mine? What energy isn't? What do I feel when these energies are present? And how can I start to direct these energies more intentionally and cultivate more of them and, you know, all that kind of stuff so that we can interact with our reality with more sovereignty and more potency, not needing our, our you know, not like for me personally, all this stuff that's been going on uh, throughout the, the quarantine, all this stuff that's been going on, this has only affected me in a lot of ways in a positive way. Um, you know, my business is doing well. I'm enjoying like what I'm doing. I'm not having, you know, the, the quarantine, I have been able to get food. I've been able to make money. I've been able to, um, and enjoy the things that I want to enjoy. And the reason I'm able to do that is because I understand these energies and I set my life up such that I'm immune to these outside forces. Um, and that's part of what I teach a lot of people is how do we become immune to some of these outside forces so that you can live like this. And the reason I was able to do it is because I've known this stuff was coming for a long time. I didn't, you know, I thought it was actually not going to happen for another four years, but 
I've known this stuff was coming. And because I knew this stuff was coming, I was able to set my life up in a certain way so that when things like this happen, I did not suddenly unable to make money or I'm not suddenly unable to get uh, to be healthy or, or whatever the case is, because I have tools and I understand how my body works with those different pieces of that puzzle so that I can, um, just so I can be more powerful in, in interacting with, with what's coming up and, uh, and just enjoy my life still, right? You know, so many people, like, it's not about, uh, a lot of the spiritual agenda wants people just to sit and meditate or be on their couch looking at their phone all day. Both are the same thing sitting on your phone looking and and flipping scrolling through is the same thing as sitting and meditating all day they're both versions of checking out now you can meditate to move energy intentionally you can meditate to cultivate imagination but there are different processes than just finding stillness so i don't recommend stillness as a practice unless somebody is just really just needs to learn how to sit <laughs> like if somebody that like I'm talking maybe a couple of steps later, you know, I assume somebody, if they wanted to meditate, they could sit with themselves, but I don't recommend it necessarily as a practice. If someone is capable of meditating, um, if they, um, and, and so there's, there's a lot of layers of things that I end up pushing people into because I've, I've got the awareness of why, you know, why are these agendas being put in place now? What, what, and where are they directing people? And what channels do they open up to give people access to certain types of information or certain entities that may not, that may be volitional? You know, those entities want a higher sentient experience. They might want a human experience. And so they do that by entering our consciousness and seeing through our eyes and giving us information in exchange or breaking our nervous system open to release the information that's already in there. And this can be a good thing and uh, it could be uh, not as good thing depending on what frequency you tune to when those en entities came in and, and whatever else. And being aware of those mechanisms instead of just trusting everything that comes in is really important. Um, and that's important, especially for people who channel and, and people who are spiritual guides, especially at this time, because there's so much of the new age movement that is coming to like the surface right now that is saying, oh, we're going to be rescued by ETs, or there's this big flash that's going to happen to save everybody from what they're feeling. And, and the new earth is going to be this a magical place. And it's like, it's not that that's not true. It's that there's no entities here to save us. We are here to save ourselves. We're here to learn who we are. We're here to become sovereign beings. We're here to remember our power. We're here to heal our traumas. We're here to clear our channels. We're here to learn how to interact with our reality in a more powerful way. Um, we're not here to be saved more. <laughs> that's just a repeat of the same program. And and so we really want to be able to recognize the layers of that programming so we can see it in the new age agenda. We can see it in the way the government talks to us. We can see it in the way that social media talks to us so that we then have a clearer lens with how to interact with 5G and how to interact with what comes out. Because, you know, what happens is they roll out 5G and you know how they, they, they get people to pay attention to it. They create a black and white battle for 5G against 5G. And, and they do the same thing with almost everything where they create a for this thing and against this thing. And that division is what keeps people confused and distorted. It's not about comparing and picking the opposite battle. If, if the government is the dark side, we don't need to pick the light side. We transcend, right? Mm -hmm. We come up, we combine them, and we figure out a way of having those systems work yeah. together for us. 
It's not about picking a side and fighting. It's about leveling up our awareness of both being part of the same puzzle, teaching us a lesson. And you know, Earth is a school. We're here to learn. And this is part of the lessons we're here to learn right now is our sovereignty, is to stop asking for that savior. I think that's a, I don't know about you, but I think that's, that's a beautiful way to wrap this up. And it's not because I want to cut us short in any way. I mean, this has been going on for almost two hours now and it's been, it's been incredibly insightful. So I, I really appreciate your time. And I just wanted to say if there's anything else that you think that needs to be said, please go ahead. But I, I also wanted to note that what you just said is such a beautiful way to, to really leave people with because again, it's, we, we are so concerned oftentimes about the details, you know, as we both now said during this conversation, it is not about good and bad. It is really about the whole of it because good and bad, when we look at that and it's really just human labels anyways, those are just aspects of, of the wholeness. Exactly that. So I'll, I'm letting ever, so I recorded both of these. I'll upload, I'll, I'll piece them both together and I'll upload them to YouTube and I'll send it to you. Um, I don't know if you recorded it also, but um, yeah. I at least, I at least have it recording. Um, so at least one of us will have it and one for more another. Um, and yeah, exactly that. Like really enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate you having me on. It's good to go live and answer some of this stuff. I know a couple of other folks asked some other, uh, other questions in there too. Um, I'll have a and A later guys, if you want to ask those on the Q and A or, or any of that kind of stuff. And I'll dig into it a little bit more. If you want to know a little bit more, um, I may do more of these live streams too. So if you guys liked it, send me a DM and let me know what you enjoyed about it. Um, if you participated in, in a portion of it, or if you um, heard me say something that was really fascinating or confusing, or, or you want to fight me over it, feel free. Um, I'm, I don't mind people disagreeing with me. Um, I don't need you to agree with me. And that's part of my power is, is the, the willingness to allow you guys to have your own perspectives because you are as right as I am. Um, and my work here is not saying my word is the truth. It is meant to lead you to what's true for you. Um, and we all have different experiences. We all started in a different place. And because of that, we all have a different perception of what we're looking at. And, and we need to honor that so that we can all interact in a much more powerful way without needing to, to twist other people's perceptions. Um, and once we collectively do that on a much larger level, symbol, when we can see in the form of symbol, uh, we'll be able to hold a lot more information and when we can hold a lot more information, it'll completely change how we can interact with each other. So um, super enjoyed this. Uh, thanks, Max. It was a really good chat. Um, Thank you so much, Ryan. I really appreciate it. And it was such a pleasure to meet you virtually today. Oh, for sure. All the very best. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening and be well from within.